Bibles to John chapter 6. I know it's a very familiar Bible for those who study the Bible and knows what this is all about. John chapter 6. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so glad that when you read the Bible and you read it over and over and over, you get different things out of it every time you read it. You can read the same scriptures every day and get something new out of it. And I, and I do that when I go back through the Bible again and again. I, I see different things. And I've preached on uh, this story here before. But I, I went back and Lord and I said, well, Lord, is there anything else you can do in this story to get me to uh, look at it a different way? And sure enough, he gave me a different way to look at it. And I want to give it to you this morning. So if let's stand this morning, John chapter 6. Let's begin in verse number 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes he, and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto, the, unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said this that he, to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take of it a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but there, what are there among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there is much grass in the place, so when men sat down in number, about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had, he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and disciples to them that were set down, likewise to the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets and fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Let us pray. Father, we just ask you this morning to touch hearts and lift us up, up and encourage us, Lord. But Father, we ask you to touch each one here this morning. Help us to be what we need to be this morning. Help us to stand strong in this world that we live in, Lord. May we get something of nourishment out of this scripture this morning that for, fulfills us and we can go forth in this world, Father. We'll praise you in all that you do. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm interested in that last part of verse number 6. He himself knew what he would do. Now, I'm preaching on this thought this morning that it might help you this morning. Uh, Jesus knows what to do. Amen. Amen. Jesus knows what to do. I, I guess you can say it this man, he's the man with the plan. I, I know the man with the plan this morning. I know what he, he knows uh, exactly what to do. Uh, in the Bible, uh, the story says, obviously it's important to God and the Holy Ghost that it's mentioned in all four Gospels. It's mentioned in Matthew 14, uh, uh, Mark 6, Luke 9, and here in John chapter 6. And, and that's significant in this, this morning because uh, when you read the Bible and you study these four different uh, Gospels by these uh, four different men, you'll find something that Matthew may have said 
said uh, that Luke lives out, leaves out or Mark lives, uh, leaves out. Uh, Mark may say something that uh, Luke doesn't uh, uh, highlight and, and then uh, uh, Luke may highlight something that John doesn't highlight. Uh, and you see it goes through these four uh, gospels, these four men, uh, they give the same account but each one highlights on something different. But here is something that is obvious, so important uh, to the Lord. It's not just recorded one time but it's recorded not just two times but recorded four separate times in the word of God by four different preachers of the gospel this morning. That's interesting because there are more verses written about this encounter, this miracle in the Bible than there are those that, uh, 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 written about the uh, virgin birth of Jesus Christ. There are more verses written by by the uh, the account of the feeding of the 5,000 than the, the verses that of Jesus Christ ascending back to heaven. There are more verses about written about this account and detailing this blessed story of feeding of the 5,000. There are those that are written by the prodigal, about the prodigal son, uh, the rich man and Lazarus, and even the good Samaritan story. There are more verses written concerning this event than those. And you say, well... That just blows my mind this morning. You would think, why would God spend so much time on this and not on other things uh, that might seem to be important to you and I? I believe one of the reasons is that uh, the Lord spends so much time dealing with, with this is because this story confounds the wise. This story that you can't, you can't reason out, you can't uh, figure it out, you can't make sense of this story. And the only way that you can make sense of this story that if you wholeheartedly believe God is God. If you believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh this morning, that, that's the only way that you can explain or describe this event. Because if you go back to uh, uh, chapter 5, uh, uh, Jesus takes the entire chapter and dealing with a group of people that are religious but are unbelievers. Jesus deal with the crowd of the Pharisees in chapter 5 over and over. In the chapter 5, Jesus uses the word believe in some shape, form, or fashion. Jesus is trying to get them to believe. But the problem with the Pharisees is they could not believe who he said he was. When you get down to this story, the, this next chapter here, Jesus is going to do something that's going to confound the wise. If you're sitting here this morning and want to hear a preacher to uh, preach to, to uh, absolute to explain God and, and that you're going to be able to write it down and, and understand everything about it, it'll drive you crazy this morning because I can't. I can't explain God for me to come at the God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek God. There's an element of faith 
in believing who God said He is and who He is this morning. So hereafter, Jesus is dealing with them for not believing. Jesus does something that's unbelievable. I know there are people who say, well, I, I just can't believe that. I, I, I just can't reason that out this morning. Uh, people are always going to look for an excuse on why they can't and why they won't believe God. It was said of Einstein. He said he could not believe a God that was not mathematical formula. If he could not write it down on a piece of paper and figure it out, then he could not believe that there was a God. I am sure that he's really believing there's one this morning. At the end of the day, there must come a time in your life. God, I believe who you say you are. In your words this morning, here's a story that we find that Jesus knows exactly what to do. He's going to do something that is so unbelievable. Only God could do something like this. I'm glad to know that when I am at wit's end, I don't know which way to turn. I, I got to, to the bottom of my barrel and when I reached the end of the, my understanding, I'm glad that I serve a God this morning that He knows exactly what to do. You might walk in this morning and said, uh, I, I don't know what to do with my child. I don't know what to do with my marriage. I don't know what to do with my finances. I, I'm at wit's end. I've run the bottom world. I don't know which way to turn. But let me tell you, there is a God that knows exactly Exactly what to do this morning. And can I say that he's never a day late or a dollar short either. I, I, I've never met a child of God to beg for bread. I've never seen one that goes without anything. He knows exactly what to do this morning. When I don't know what to do, he knows what to do. There's this picture that I, I got to looking at and uh, I got to studying. It's called Checkmate. Anybody ever seen this picture painted called Checkmate? Nobody? Well, y'all not going to get this illustration. <laughs> There's this picture called Checkmate. In this picture, the painter painted the picture of a chessboard and he painted the pieces on this chessboard in a fashion that uh, that one of the hands it was a, is a losing hand the devil was on one side of this picture and a young man was on the other side of this picture and the picture supposed that hey the devil had gotten this young man cornered in a trap uh, he couldn't get no way out uh, and it was just said hey this man is at Bottom barrel, he's got no way out. The devil has defeated him. The devil has got him. Uh, he's the enemy of our souls. Uh, he's an enemy of God. He says, now I've got you. That's what this picture is supposed to present. Checkmate. You want to pull it up? Look at that. It's a true story. There is this famous uh, uh, war veteran in the, in the uh, Civil War. And he was in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. And he was invited by this other guy to come to have uh, supper with him. And both of them men were chess players. 
And the guy was sitting there and he, was, uh, he got fascinated by this picture that was hanging on the wall. And he got so fascinated with this picture that he just pushed away from the rest of the crowd and he just stood there and stared at this picture. He stared at it for so long, then he called his friend over and says, come here. He said, come here. And he went over there. He said, there's one more move on that piece right there. He said, no, 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 the painter painted it that it could not make a move on it. It is checkmate. He said, oh, no, no, no. So the way they did, they took a chessboard and they set it up the exactly way the painter had painted the picture. And sure enough, he won the hand. And they said, well, maybe it's a flute. So they, they set it up again. And there were several people there that came in there and everybody sat down and he took the exact same hand, the losing hand, the hand that was, was defeated, and he took and won every match. They said, how in the world could he do that? And they're looking at this picture and it says, how in the world can he do that? He says, because the king had one more move. He said, the king had one more move. And let me just say this. It may be a time in your life that, that you don't know which way to go, where to turn, and you say, I, I don't know what to do. Let me just say this. The king has one more move in your life this morning. You may sit here and say, I'm at wit's end. I, I, I don't know which way to go. I've been hit with this. I've been hit with that. I, I don't understand it, but I, I know that if you know the Lord, it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. So I, I got interested in that last verse, in last part of verse number six. For he himself knew what he would do. Boy, that, that'll just, you ought to say that again. For he himself knew what he would do. Let me give you three quick things, and we'll go home this morning. Looking at this story, looking at this story through here. In this story, we see there was a problem that did not surprise him. Now, the problem surprised the, the disciples, but the problem didn't surprise Jesus. Look at verse number 5. When shall we buy bread that these may eat? He asked a question. Now, let me just say this. Anytime you read in the Word of God that Jesus is asked a question, he's not looking for an answer. He's not looking for an answer. Jesus doesn't ask questions to get an answer. He wants, to, he wants you to get the answer. He wants you to find the answer. Jesus asked the question, Hey, where are these going to eat? Have you ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurred to God? I don't get a picture of God sitting on the throne and wringing His hands out and says, I didn't see that coming. I, I don't get this picture that this white-headed old man sitting on the throne of God and says, my bad, you caught me off guard. I don't get that. My God knows the very uh, end from the very beginning. So, and Jesus is saying, hey, uh, I, where can we get this? Uh, where can we feed his ass? 
Philip came in verse number 7 and said, We have 200 penny worth of bread. And that is not sufficient for them. And Philip said, Hey, all we got is 200 penny worth. And even if we go to town and buy all that we can with what we have here, that is not enough to feed the crowd that we have here. You've got to look at the crowd. There was 5,000 5, men here. And if you go back and read the account of Matthew, Matthew says there's 5,000 men plus women and children. There is no telling exactly how many people are sitting here to listen to Jesus preach. I've seen people estimate it between seven to 10,000 people that's sitting on this hillside, on the grassy hillside, listen to Jesus preach. But we do know that there's 5,000. Philip says, Lord, we've got a serious problem here. We've got a problem here. And we don't got no money to take care of it. Then Andrew steps up. Here in the text, John's gospel is the only one that he brings in this young lad. Rest of the gospel don't bring him in. They just said we got five loaves, a lot of, uh, five loaves of bread, barley loaves, and, and, and two fishes. That's all it but, but John's account brings up, he said in verse number five. Not verse number nine. There is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are those among so many? They said we have a problem. One, we don't have enough money to take care of it. And two, we don't have enough means to take care of it. We just got five barley loaves and two fishes. They said... Small fish. I want you to see that. It said small fish. No, we ain't talking about a shark. We're not talking about a whale. We're not talking about a 40-pound catfish. We're talking about two small. And you got to remember, this is a young man. His mama packed him his lunch and sent him out to, to hear this preacher man preach. And he's got this lunch, this little yeah. He's got to be able to carry it, so it's got five Bartolos and two. The Bible says small got to get to you get what Jesus is about to do here is going to confound a lot of people you got to remember he was dealing with unbelief in verse chapter number five and he's going verse number chapter number six he's going to do something that's totally unbelievable but he knows what to do he knows what to do I want you to get this morning your problem your plight your predicament has not caught guard off God off guard it hasn't done it. I, I, I don't want to live in wondering what's happening next. I, I, I don't want to wonder what's going to happen to the economy. I don't want to know, want to worry about who's going to win the election, how is it going to go. I, I don't want to worry about that because God knows. We all worried about what this future holds. We all worried about what's going to happen in the election. We all worry about. Let me just say that God knows it's not going to catch God by surprise. Your problem is not going to catch God by surprise. He knows this morning. There's a friend like no lowly Jesus. 
No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal our souls from disease. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all your struggles. He'll guide till that day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. We've got a friend. There, there was a problem that did not surprise. There's a problem. They, they didn't have enough means. They didn't have enough money. And they had the multitude they want to feed. There's a plan that didn't make sense. Verse number 10. How are we going to fix this problem, Jesus? How are we going to get out of this predicament that we're in? There's a plan that just doesn't make sense. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in this place, so when the men sat down in the number of about 5,000, and Jesus took loaves, and when he had gave thanks, he distributed the disciples and the disciples to them that were sit down, and likewise of the fish as much as they would. Let me highlight you this plan that don't make sense. There's this little boy. And I, I like this little boy. I, I, I really do. I like this little boy in here. Because he comes to the Lord and said, Lord, I ain't got much. But what I got, you can have. Now, that's a message all in itself right there. I mean, that ain't the message this morning, but hey. He, 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 I look, this little boy sees uh, Andrew walking by and he, he walks up to him and say, tugs him on his jacket there and says, uh, I understand we don't have no food. Uh, I understand that uh, there's no means. I understand there's a lot of people. He says, but I got this. I've got this right here. I got five barley loaves and, and two small fishes. Mommy sent it with me when I came out this morning. This is my lunch. This is what I'm supposed to eat. But if you need it, you can have it. Let me stop right there and let me say this to everybody sitting here this morning. None of us has got a whole lot to give Jesus. None of us got a whole lot. But can I say that you, like this young lad, what you got, you ought to give to him? Amen. We ought to be the same one, Lord. Uh, what I've got, that ain't might make me much. Uh, I, I just tell you, let me tell you what. You've got a preacher ain't educated. Uh, I slander words. I, I kill words. Uh, I ain't got much. My pockets are very shallow. I ain't got much. But God, I'm leaning on you. What I've got, you can have. I got that this morning while I was reading this again. You realize... What that little lad did was took what he had and gave it to Jesus. What he was doing is giving Jesus back what he already owned. <laughs> Jesus created everything. He made the fish. He made the wheat to make the bread. He, made, he just said, Lord, uh, here it is. Uh, I, I, you, it's yours to begin with. I just want to give it back to you. You realize God made you Created you from the dust, breathed into your lungs. He put the air in your lungs. He, you, you, ought, you ought to say, Lord, I want to fall at your feet and I want to give back what you already own. Because he owns you. 
And his little, ba- a little boy, he, he says, here it is. All I've got, you can have. All I've got, you can have this this morning. So here's the plan that don't make sense. He gets the little boy's five loaves and two small fishes. Now, if you think about this, Jesus distributed this to the disciples, 12 disciples. And the disciples giving it to the multitude. Now, think about this. If you got 5,000, just dealing with the 5,000 named here, the 5,000 is said here, they're sitting on the grass. We know there's more. But if you're dealing with just the 5,000 set here, 12 disciples and 5,000, if you divide it, it comes out roughly a little bit more than 416 people per disciple. Per disciple. You really get this. I really want you to get this. If Jesus distributed each portion to the disciples, five barley loaves and two fishes, two small fishes, <laughs> that means each disciple got one-sixth of a fish and a little less than half of a barley loaf. Y'all got to get with me this morning. Here Jesus is. You take this. 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 And Jesus blesses it. You see the motive? Jesus, I know the word says you feed the sparrows, but we're dealing with a lot more than a sparrow out here. We got this. Now I know we, we got a problem here. We got a problem here, Jesus. There, there's 5,000 men here, probably been working all day, probably hot and tired and really hungry. Some probably ain't ate all day anyway. I, I, and if they're like this crowd right here, I've been beside some of them uh, when they sit down to eat and one sixth of a fish. And a half a barley load ain't going to get it. When you can eat a whole side of a cow and all the trimmings and all the fixings and get up and eat a couple of donuts, I've been beside some of them that can eat like that. I'm sure that they're sitting there, you've got 5,000, and you walk up with them one-sixth of a fish and a half a barley load say, have at it. <laughs> this plan don't make sense. It don't make sense. But I get this picture in my mind. Jesus blessing. You know what? Jesus said, you know, I got to prove something. Those over there didn't believe me. They didn't believe who I said I was. They, they just kept denying it. But I'm going to show them something that's going to really make them go, huh? No, huh? I'm going to show them something to really get their attention. He says, take this and that. And he then said, go and feed them. Not only did go and feed them, but go and let them eat all they want to eat. I can see the disciple walking up first one. Here you go. Have all you want. I'm done. What about the 415 left? 
I'd have gave it all to the first guy here I came up to. I gave it all to him. What about them other ones? We're like, and you know what, kids, what about me? What about me? What about me? But I see them. Jesus separates and each one of them puts in a basket and he gives them all a basket and tells them, go out and feed them and give them all they can want. Uh, let them feel. And I, I see them when they reach in that basket, pull out and say, here you go. And they look at the next guy and says, I, 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 wait a minute. There's, there's some more down here. There's some more down here. Hey, here, you can go ahead. I see him going to everybody else and says, you know, it can't be anymore in my basket. I know it can't. I know what I put in. And he gets to the next one and says, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there's some more in here. And they go around and they turn around. And time they go through the whole entire crowd, everyone is filled up. Everyone is getting what they needed. If God gives more than you can give him. Amen. He gave back more. than This little guy gave all he had. And what he had fed the multitude. The plan don't make sense. You try to do that today. Everybody eats lunch here today. I'm going to bring one piece of bread. And I want everybody to eat until they're full. It don't make sense. But they did that. The disciple says, Jesus gave it to them. It don't make sense. Listen, it ain't got to make sense to you. But it makes sense to God. It makes sense to God. And the Bible said they ate and were filled. Ate and were filled. Now this plan just doesn't make sense, does it? I don't know about you, but it don't make sense. You say, what does that got to do with me? Listen, I'm telling you, there are times you'll walk with God. Everything that you want to do is not going to line up what God wants to do in your life. And when you read the Bible and see that Jesus requires of your life and what God requires of you, it doesn't make sense this morning. It doesn't look like it's going to work this morning. Lord, your plan don't like, doesn't look like it's going to work this morning. And your plan is not going to, it's not going to work but I don't have to reason it out. I just have to trust. I just have to believe. My job is to trust and obey and walk with God. If you said do it, God will make a way. God will make a way. A reason why a lot of Christians, get this now, a reason why a lot of Christians this morning are having problems in their life is because when God tells them to do something that doesn't make sense to them, to tithe, to read the Bible, to witness, to pray, it, it don't make sense to them. But if you do it, you'll find the hand of the blessings of God upon your life. Even if it don't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It has to make sense to God. Think about Joshua. Get this. Think about Joshua. God comes to Joshua. Here's your battle plan. 
Don't you march around, march around the world one time a day for seven days. Really? I mean, I got men that's ready to go to war. I got men that's wanting bloodshed. I got people that just really want to get out. And you want me to go back and tell them, well, just march around the wall one time a day for seven days. And don't make a noise. Really? Your plan don't make sense. Your plan don't make sense. But nevertheless, I'll do it. So, you know, they start marching. You know what? A lot of Christians, they get saved. They come to God. They want to serve God. Boys, the first day is real good. And they get the first day thinking about it. Hey, I'm doing real good. But you know what? Josh and William going around that first day. They said, hey, God said seven times. You know what? And they didn't stop on the fourth time. They didn't stop on the second time. They didn't stop on the third time. God said seven times. Uh, and let me just tell you this. If you just do what God says to do and don't stop on God, God said seven times. He told the, uh, uh, the captain of the host, said, hey, go dunk yourself three times in the water. Hey, and you'll be clean. If it had stopped on one time or two times, it would, what would have happened to them if they would have stopped on the sixth time on the sixth day and said you know what this doesn't make sense why do we just keep marching around this wall nothing's going to happen it might not make sense in your life and God tells you to do something but let me just say this if you keep marching and keep going where God said to go and on that seventh day he said go seven times and on that seventh time he blow your horn and watch what God does let me tell you this when God tells you to do something how long to do it when to do it and God will show up and he did and the walls came down but the plan don't make sense that's why a lot of Christians have a problem serving God a lot of problems serving God I, I had that problem God you want me to preach you out of your mind that definitely don't make sense to me I'm not a preacher Gonna preach? No, 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 no. Not me. Tell you what, God deals with you long enough, you're gonna do what God tells you to do. That's God's battle plan. God said, You gotta go, you gotta do. If it don't make sense to you, don't give up on God, because God's got a plan. I know the man with the plan. He's got a plan. You know, you know why people don't get saved? Somebody who lives like the devil, wicked, unclean, deceitful, liar, cheat, thief, sinner, and God says, you come to me and repent and ask forgiveness of sin. And they come to the altar, they fall on their knees, Lord, forgive me. I, I realize that you're God and I'm nothing but a sinner. The Bible says, he'll wash you, make you whole, and give you a place in heaven. I have a problem with that. It just don't make sense to me. It just don't make sense. How can you take somebody a wicked, deceitful, sinner? Lord, forgive me. 
Wash me and I repent of my sins. See, it don't have to make sense to you. But it makes sense to God. And you know, the same formula and remedy for an older person is the same one for a child that realizes they're lost and undone. They come to Jesus. And they might not have done the things that the adults have done. They might have been there, but they realize they're lost and they're done. They realize they needed Jesus. And the same formula for them is the exact same one for you and I. And the reason why people don't get saved because it just don't make sense. That's simple. Now imagine when people get saved, say, well, if you come and get saved at church, you got to go to the altar and repent. You got to do this, and then you got to come in. You got to do that. You got to come here and do that. You got to name, uh, name some vials on the wall. You got to climb the tree. You got to jump off the building, all that stuff. You might say, well, I might try to work at it. No, it just don't make sense. It don't make sense. There's, the, the plan just don't make sense. And the reason why people don't get saved today There's a problem that don't surprise. There's a plan that don't make sense. But there's also a product that was satisfying. They brought the problem to Jesus. They relied on his plan. I don't want to beat this to death, but Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not until thy own understanding. Stop trying and do it yourself. And always acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. Mainstream Christianity is lining up with the thoughts and the mindset of the world today. You get into some churches today, it looks like the world, sounds like the world, smells like the world, and feels like the world. And all the things they promote are worldly things. Now people get saved in those churches because they, they understand that they can reason that out because it's the world and they can see it. They, they understand that. So that's where they go, but they don't realize they're lost and undone. They make sense out of that stuff, but the easy, simple stuff of God, they cannot make sense out of it. Bible says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. This morning you, you say, I want God to do something in my life. I want God to do something with my problems. Okay? You've got to follow God's plans. You've got to follow His plan. Quit trying doing it yourself. Your plan doesn't work. Your plan fails. Let me just say it this way. Your plan stinks, stank, and stunk. You say, what do you do if it was my plan? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd just ball it up, throw it in the trash can, and say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to lean on you. 
Can you imagine if the disciples said, Lord Jesus, you know what? This plan you're trying to give us here, I'm taking one-sixth of a fish and a half a bar load out, and I'm going to feed this multitude out here, and these people are getting hungry. You know they're going to whip me up. They're going to beat me up. If the disciples decided to do it their way, what would happen? You're right, they were probably getting beaten up. Because the first guy got to eat, and the rest of them were standing and looking at them. They would have probably gotten jumped on. But they said, you know what? I've seen what Jesus done. I've seen the miracles he's did. You know what? And he's telling them to go out and feed them. There's something different about him. And when he says go, I'm just going to trust and believe that he said as he is, who he is. I'm just going to go and trust. And they kept going and kept going and kept going. And when it was over, they gathered up 12 baskets of fragments that was left over. God's going to give you more back. Then you're going to give him. The problem is, it just don't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Lord, your plan just don't make sense to me. When they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather the fragments that remaineth, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remaineth over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men that were seeing the miracle that Jesus just did, those who did not believe, those who could not believe, said this is truth that a prophet that should come upon the world. Bible says he give it to them till they're full. I get this picture because I see what some of us do when we get our bellies full. Y'all know what you do. You're going to do it this afternoon. Going to loosen that belt up. That's why I got this zip belt. <laughs> I overdo it. Zip that thing on out, sitting at there. Mayflower eating that combination plate. Wall out there. Every one of us says, boy, I wish I hadn't ate that. Boy, I wish I hadn't ate that much. You go home. <laughs> I see on this grassy hill these, these 5,000 men that ate till they're full. And some of them let their belts out. And some of them nodding out. Because they did it Jesus' way. I imagine disciples probably sitting there says, I'm sure glad we did it his way because we'd have been in trouble if we did it our way. You can be in trouble. Listen, to, when you try to do things your way, you try to do your plan, you would stink, stank, and stunk. Remember that, stink, stank, and stunk. Your plan is stink, stank, and stunk. When you try to do it your way, you're going to mess it up. Psalms 107.9 says, For he that satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hunger soul of goodness you want real satisfaction in your life it's not in the pill it's not in the bottle it's not in pleasures of this world and it's not in the things of this world it's in a person and that person is jesus christ he satisfies all hunger and longing in this world you must know him i have never never ran into a christian i wish i'd have never started serving god 
I wished I'd never started reading my Bible. I, I wished I'd have never started praying. I wished I'd have never started tithing. No, I never ran into any Christian said that, but I ran in several says, I wished I'd started serving him a little earlier. I wish I'd started serving him earlier. Your plan stinks, stinks, stunk. I know the man with the plan. I know what he can do, and he shows us what he can do. They gathered those 12 baskets fragments when it was done, and Jesus gave back more than it was over than it was when they began with. The Bible says, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This little boy gave back to Jesus what the Lord created from. He got much more than he ever started with. If you and I could learn to take the hands off the reins of our life, say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm just going to trust and lean into your I'm going to believe. There's got to be a point somewhere in your life you've got to say, Lord, I believe who you say you are. There's got to be a point. If there's never been a point in your life you said, Lord, I believe. And I suggest you come to the altar this morning and tell him that you believe. Because this don't make sense. Feeding this multitude with this little bit of lunch just don't make sense. But it don't have to make sense to you and I. It makes sense to him. Are you willing to let him take control of your life? Are you willing to give him all that you have? I don't have much, but all that I got, I'm giving him. Because I know that he can do more with what I have than I can. You just got to give it to him. Let us stand.